You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast on the Eagle. Uh, I'm Alex Miller, joined by our high school sports reporter, Abigail Ochoa. Okay. We're back. We've taken a little hiatus. Um, this spring has been a little crazy. Um, we've been all over the place, but this is a big week on the diamond for local mm-hmm. high school baseball and softball teams. So we found it right to finally resurrect the podcast and uh have y'all join us for a little discussion so i'm gonna stop talking abigail how are you i'm doing good um yeah a little you know high school sports podcast spring edition i mean um when you got two teams like college station baseball and and brian softball getting this far in the playoffs um i mean you got to bring it out again i mean uh we we obviously talked we talked to you know bts boss tom Turboville and and get his thoughts. He's been at both. Um, he's been covering both teams during these playoffs, and it was really great. And um, I'm excited to get some good baseball softball this week. I mean, it, it gets it doesn't get better than this unless they obviously go to state. Then um, we'll be talking again next week. But um, yeah, it's good to be back for a little bit um, before we get back to to football in the in the fall. For sure. Well, uh, without further ado. Well, Special guest on the podcast today, BCS Balls, Tom Turberville. Uh, we spoke with Tom, breaking down this week's big game. Uh, Brian Softball taking on Rockwall in the 6A Region 2 final. And uh, then breaking down College Station Baseball's 5A Region 3 regional semifinal against number one undefeated Friendswood. Here's our conversation with Tom. Welcome back to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined with Abigail Ochoa. We got a special guest previewing this week's big games. Uh, it's Tom Turbeville. He's the voice of bcsball.com. You've probably heard him. Uh, it's the free online radio streaming high school sports here in town. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining us today. Alex, Abigail, thank you. Thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to... Uh... Looking forward to this week. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be covering softball this week. All right. Yeah. Well. So which one of you am I? Which one of am I going to see? You're actually going to be seeing uh, the great Robert Cessna. Uh, he will be up in West. <laughs> Must be an important game. <laughs> Must be. Um, well, yeah. Let's 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 hit on the Lady Vikings first. Um, you know, they're playing in the regional final against Rockwall. It's been a pretty historic run for, for Brian. Um, you know, they're, they're seeking their first state tournament berth since 2003. You know, it's it's no secret that Brian's kind of lived off the success of Jess and Jackie Adams. That's pretty well documented. You know, Tom, we can start with you. You know, what have you really seen from this Brian team as they've gone throughout the course of this season? Well, I think what I've seen is the support that the Adams sisters have, have gotten. And you all have done a great job uh, doing features on people who are the last name of Adams in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, great feature today on, on A-Rod uh, and, and on down the line. You know, obviously they could not be where they are without the Adams sisters, but I don't think they could be where they are uh, without the other seven players that, that are on the field defensively and, and at the plate. So 
I mean, it's just an amazing run, the way they have come back. And, I mean, they, they swept Waxahachie, but then the way they have come back in the last two series and won the third game in dramatic fashion. Uh, of course, this last series, they won the second game in dramatic fashion. And just, you know, this is a team that was unranked. I mean, you know, who knew? Yeah, they were doing great in their district. They went through their district undefeated in one district, but they weren't getting the respect of the, of the coaches in the polls. And I don't think anybody really expected them to beat Midway. Uh, Midway was ranked number three, good softball team. But uh, the way that they came back and, and won uh, game, the, that the first, the way they won the first game on the road up in West where they're playing tomorrow and then come back and then win that third game. It's just been an incredible ride for them. It really has. And what, what have you seen for the Lady Vikings, uh, Abigail? You, you've covered yeah. them quite a bit this yeah. season. Yeah, especially in the postseason. I mean, um, like Tom said, I mean, they're just really a good group of girls that are able to, like, come in at the right moments. I mean, you, you obviously have the Adam sisters who kind of lead the way. But, you know, like Tom said, you can't really do it without the other ones. I mean, Brian has changed its lineup um, the last two series. They've changed, you know, second baseman, third baseman, I mean, in the middle of a game. And, and it doesn't ruffle them at all. I mean, they, they put Jessica lead off to start the midway series, which you think you're playing the one of the top three teams, in the, you know, in the state. And then you move it um, like that. And they were able to pull it off. It, it worked for them against the Woodlands. Um, you know, you don't win game two if you don't have Jessica on and Jackie stepping up to the plate at number two when she's usually, I think, three or four. So um, they've been able to kind of do that, not only offensively, but defensively. If something goes wrong, they're not – Luna's going to change it in the field. You know, he's done it before. He changes the first baseman if it's not working, second baseman. I mean, they have so many girls who can go in so many different positions that it really helps them um, when they get, you know, against tough teams that like Midway or the Woodlands, and, and they're able to challenge them in that way because – um, they can kind of just change on a dime. And, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, they, uh, Brian has had to win obviously in three games, the past three, <laughs> the past three rounds. Um, and, you know, none of those teams have ha ha had to do that yet. And so Brian's been able to give them a challenge there. Um, and I think it really helps by how versatile their, their roster is. I agree totally. Um, and, you know, Luna's, decisions in the postseason have just been masterful i think uh when when we showed up at the ballpark and had he had put jackie number two moved her up from number three to number two and you sort of you scratch your head a little bit on that but then the very first game that he did that the second time around i guess the what the bottom of the second inning or something yeah. like that they right. had the bases they had the bases loaded for well, they had the bases loaded for Jessica, mm -hmm. and I think I'm 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 getting this. Our, our Jessica walked to, to load the bases, and then Jackie, you know, Jack's a, a a grand slam, and that was the first time he did that. And it's sort of I mean, opposing uh, coaches have to really be scratching their heads and thinking, okay, we normally we would intentionally walk Jessica or you know pitch around the plate not give anything even close to hit, but it's a pick your poison type of thing. Now you, you, you're really gonna, 
You're really going to risk walking Jessica to get to Jackie? I don't think so. <laughs> not only her, too. I mean, you have Kylie who's coming in third. I mean, it's not like exactly. it's not you don't have a break as to where like, oh, it's OK. If I get past Jackie, it'll be fine. Because Then you got Kylie yeah. who hit a homer in game two to get them back in the game against the Woodlands. And then you have A-Rod, um, who you mentioned we just did the feature on. I mean, she's also versatile in so many different ways and and um, is a great base runner for them. Um, I mean, she leads them in career stolen bases. So, um, yeah, like you said, Tom, it's just a one after another after another. Yeah, and I think – Kylie has Kylie has, not, has home runs this year. So you got your first three batters – I'm sorry, Alex. You got your first three batters home run-wise – have hit 22, 16, and nine home runs in your first three batters. Yeah, I, I was just going to add, you know, I think Cease mentioned in his story how uh, Alexis Rodriguez, she didn't get a hit at all last week against the Woodlands, but she still reached base like eight times because she walked. And, you know, she, she's one of their top run producers. She's very fast on the base pass. So being able to just get her on, even if she's not, you know, getting base hits, that is still huge. And we saw that last week when the Woodlands pitcher, you know, she was kind of all over the place. Uh, she gave up a lot of free passes. I think I totaled 13 in that game three when I was out there at Grand Oaks High School. Um, and right. that's how that's how Brian scored the game, the game-winning run. Uh, they needed an insurance run there in that sixth inning, and, and she walked a run in. And so, um, you know, that that speaking of speaking of free passes and errors, though, um, that's something that I feel like. Brian needs to improve on this week. Um, it's they have got to eliminate some errors. There's been too many mistakes, too many bad plays that's led to a lot of unearned runs. Uh, it hasn't caught up to them yet, but if this continues, you think at some point it might uh, when Brian needs it not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost caught up with them in that in that second game against the Woodlands over at Navasota when. Uh, when the Woodlands what put up put up three runs in the in the was it or something like that I wasn't at the game I was I was over the other side of Navasota doing uh doing baseball but uh but you're right I, I think if if coach Luna is worried about anything right now is this late in the season still committing some errors uh, still leaving some people on base and things like that and Deeper you go in the playoffs, the, the better you get. And this Rockwall team, I'm not sure they were favored against Bridgeland, but I tell you what, they came through and they did it. And uh, they've got some, they got some power hitters too, and they got some big, big batting averages all through their lineup. I've been looking at their stats this morning. Yeah, you know, I was I was talking with Cease, uh, I think it was yesterday actually, and uh, you know, we were talking about how good Jess Adams has been, not only in the circle but at the plate too. Um, a comparison that I kind of drew, uh, Brian's kind of used her and ridden off her success the way that the A&M softball team once wrote off the success of Mel Dumasich uh, in the circle and at the plate, a star two-way player for the Aggies. Um, Tom, you, you feel like that may be a fair comparison? Well, I, I got to – I could either fake an answer right now or – I could, uh, I could just tell you the truth, and I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I've only been seriously paying attention to before this year uh, for just, what, 
two years and nine games. So I, I'm not I'm not as up on the history of Brian softball as as you all might be. So uh, yeah, sounds like a good comparison to me, Alex. All right, there we go. There we go. Well, I guess kind of the last thing, you know, off the field, something that I've noticed is the community support for this Brian softball team has been really strong. You know, they had the big send off at Johnson Elementary School last week before the game three. The stands, I think all three of us have seen, they have grown in attendance throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, Friday's game was standing room only. You had students come on a bus that were standing in the baseball stands behind the outfield. You know, I think Coach Luna is going to have to start figuring out a venue that's big enough to hold all these people. Um, you know, how, how unique has it been to see the city of Bryan and just people at Bryan High School kind of rally around this softball team? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, it, it you, know, you said it all right there. Uh, and, and, you know, it's something that Brian has, has needed in their athletics. I mean, face it, you know, over the, the, the last years is something to rally around. Uh, and this, this softball team, and I think it, it, it doesn't just go back the last couple of years with the Adams sisters or even the last 14 years with Coach Luna in charge, but even before that, it, they established a, a history under Janice Williamson, you know, winning a state championship in 2002, uh, going to Austin a couple of other times. They established a fan base a long, long time ago. And some of those people that were cheering them on at the beginning of the decade, well, you know, their kids have now graduated and they're cheering them on now. And some of their kids are actually playing now. So it's a, in the softball world, uh, Brian High has been, on top for a long time. Sure, they've had up and down years, but uh, it doesn't really surprise me, but it's something that's really, really great to see. And I'm really glad that the, the first two games now are going to be in West, which are only, is only about an hour and 20 minute drive away rather than having to go to West Midlothian and then back to Midlothian and, and all of that. So uh, hopefully Brian can take care of them in two games at West. Who knows? There you go. What, what, what about you, Abigail? You got, what, what are your thoughts on this, on this week's series uh, between Brian and Rockwall? Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know too much about Rockwall as a team. Obviously, I've never covered them or had to. But, um, you know, they've also had to win the last three rounds um, in three games like Brian. So we know they have that same fight. Um, like, you know, Tom said, I'm not sure if they were expected to win over Bridgeland, but they did. And that's all that matters at this point. Um, you know, Brian wasn't expected to win against Midway. Um, it looked iffy against Woodlands until that game too. So um, it'll be interesting to, to see these two teams kind of come together and, and what they can do. And um, I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to listen to it and watch it and, and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it'll, I think it's going to come down to those errors, like, you know, from Brian and, and capitalizing on those opportunities, you know, in the past two series that I've seen, they've left, you know, a lot of girls on some bases loaded um, situations. So I, I don't think they're going to have a chance to kind of um, ride by those and uh, they're going to have to bring those girls in and, and um, really, really reduce those errors. I mean, they've been able to bounce back um, these last few rounds. So we know that they can do it regardless if they win game one or not. But um, I think it's going to be really important. And, you know, we mentioned the fans, obviously, has been a huge thing for them. Um, and I think game one and game two in West is going to be um, 
crucial for them because I, I think Ms. Lothian might have a capacity limit at their stadium. So it, I, it's going to be really important. You don't want to go to that game three and, you know, not have those busload of kids and, and all the parents and, and their families and, and things like that cheering you on, um, especially in a game three like that where you need it the most. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how these two teams come together and, and um, what Rockwall's bringing really um, as far as their power and things like that. But um, from what I can tell, it's two teams that have been fighting to get to this point um, and nobody wants to go home. So um, I I'm excited. I'll give you just a quick uh, scouting report on, yeah. on Rockwall. Yeah. Uh, they've got, they got one pitcher who threw all 21 innings against Bridgeland. Her name is at Ansley of Pemberton. Uh, they've got four batters in their regular lineup that are hitting over 400. They've got uh, one long ball hitter with 11 home runs. Her name is Ashley Miner. And they've got a team batting average of 376. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're where they are for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Well, like we said, game one, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. in West. Game two, back at West at 6 p.m. on Thursday. Game three, if needed, up in Midlothian at 6 p.m. again. That'll be Friday night. You can listen in to Tom on the call uh, this week and check out our game coverage at theeagle.com. Let's, uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, shift it over to the baseball diamond. Uh, College Station Baseball, they are playing undefeated Friendswood, top-ranked in the state. One of the top-ranked teams in the nation, actually, in the 5A Region 3 semifinals this week. Game one, Wednesday at Houston, uh, U of H's stadium. Is that Schroeder Park? Schrader Park? Schrader. Schrader, yeah. Schroeder. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of interesting to see how the Cougars have come along in the playoffs. You know, they've really found their mojo this postseason. After ending the regular season on a sour note, they had a chance to win the district championship end up finishing third after they dropped those two games of Magnolia. It, they've been rolling, though, uh, aside from that one loss to Austin Anderson. Right. I mean, they're the only district team still playing, right? I yeah. believe. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and what a – you know, my first thought is, first off, what a thrill for the kids on both teams, both uh, Friendswood and College Station, to be able to play at Division One ballparks this week. You know, they're going to play – they're going to play at UH, and then on Thursday, they're going to play at Bluebell Park at Olsen Field. And, and then Friday, I guess, is still to be determined uh, what they're going to do on that. But what a thrill it is for them and, and to, to win a couple of series and go to the regional semifinals and to earn that. That's a, that's a real thrill for them. But there's no doubt about it. Uh, the Cougars have their work cut out for them. Friendswood is number one. They're undefeated, right? What, 29-0? and 29-0. Yeah, 29 and 0. And they've got a kid who I believe I, I was listening on the their version of BCS ball at the end of that second game last week. And uh, you know, they got a kid that had 10 RBIs in that last game, and he's an Aggie commit. Yeah. But I'm not I think he's so good that he might not ever the only time he might step foot in at Olsen Field might be on Thursday. <laughs> I, I think he's right. that good. He, yeah, yeah, he's that good. Yeah, yeah I, he may I be think... going straight to the pros. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got their 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 work cut out for him. Yeah, the, the guy Tom's alluding to, Isaac Pacheo, he's about as good a hitter the Cougars are going to see. Ain't ain't him signee. He's knocked it. He knocked in ten runs the other night against Port Nature's Groves. 
Um, he's batting over 500. Uh, that that's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, he's, he's going to face a good one on Thursday though. Uh, fellow A&M commit, uh, Blake Bindrup, who's just been dominant on the mound. But I think the real story, uh, for the Cougars success this postseason has been the ascent of Cole Broadus on the mound. Um, you think about the way he pitched the very first game against Kingwood park, uh, the way he pitched last week against Porter throwing the two hitter. I mean, his surge has been pivotal for the Cougars after they lost Rylander Banzik to the year for the year due to injury. Um, you know, he's been the game one starter in each of the series. He dropped that game against Austin Anderson, but you know, came back last week and threw his best game of the year against Porter. I mean, he Cole, Cole, Cole's going to have to throw uh, lights out again on Wednesday. If the Cougars think they're going to have a chance to be able to knock off Friendswood. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Abigail? You know, honestly, I haven't covered them too much this season. I feel like I don't have a great opinion on them. Um, just because I haven't seen them. I think I've seen them once, and it was against Magnolia oh. in that series. And, um, you know, they weren't able to bring in a lot of runs. Obviously, they lost that game. Um, but, yeah, I think Alex is probably a better um, <laughs> person to go on with this just because he's covered them more than I have. Um, well, well, I've been seeing them every other week because uh, Rusty Shaw and I have uh, sort of been uh, alternating softball and baseball since these playoffs started. And I did baseball last week in the Porter series. And uh, Porter was uh, probably uh, not the, as quality a team as, they, as, as Anderson. I think uh, coming back and winning that Anderson series in three was really, really key for them and the Kingwood Park series. Uh, uh, Porter, I think they probably advanced one more uh, rung on the ladder than they expected to. But uh, still, uh, I mean, College Station has going now, and you look at that batting order. Uh, look at Mikey Elko. Uh, not his batting, but his fielding. I tell you what, in that second game against, or excuse me, in the first game against Porter at Navasota, I mean, he put on a clinic at shortstop. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing uh, what he did out there. I mean, he did not miss a beat. He made some of the most amazing uh, throws on the run, going the opposite way, throws to first base. He was, uh, he was really an incredible fielder. Uh, he's, uh, he's been key to, to College Station, but you go all the way down the lineup. I mean, Fowler, Scamardo, Bendrup, even at the plate, um, you know, Colby Smart, uh, Max Childress has had a, a, you know, he's, he's looking for some, uh, he's looking for some hits here in the postseason. I'm trying to uh, find out he had, he did have a, uh, no, he's looking for his, uh, he didn't have any hits last week. So Max is trying to, you know, get that going a little bit, but uh, the first five or six in the lineup are really uh, knocking the cover off the ball, really doing well. Yeah, and, you know, down at the bottom of the order, you know, Dalton Carnes, he started the year as College Station's leadoff guy. They moved him down to the bottom of the order, wasn't doing too hot. He's had some big hits this postseason. Uh, he had a big home run uh, earlier. You know, I think I think the thing for me, uh, what I'm looking for, um, College Station's going to have to play about as perfect a game as they can. You know, you think of yeah. you think about the Anderson loss, the loss to Anderson that first game. Uh, they probably could have won that game. Uh, Anderson scored all six runs with two outs, and in all three of those innings, 
College Station had a chance to get out of the inning without giving up any runs. So, you know, the Cougars have played pretty clean, pretty solid. You, you mentioned how well Mikey Elko has been playing at shortstop. You know, in order to beat a team like Friendswood, who one through nine, they've got guys that can just hit the cover off the ball. They, College Station's going to have to be pretty dang solid in the field. Um, you know, it'll be interesting seeing how Thursday shakes out playing in that bigger ballpark. I mean, Olsen Field's a lot bigger than Navasota is. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that helps uh, keep the ball in when you're when you're facing some big hitters. Um, and then at the plate, you know, they've they've got to they've got to stay ahead of things. Uh, I feel like earlier in the season, you know, if they get behind, sometimes it's been hard for them to catch back up. Um, but they they've been hitting pretty consistently. They've seen good performances from Colby Smart, from Dalton Carnes toward the bottom of the lineup, guys who hadn't necessarily been contributing earlier this year as much. Um, but yeah, th- this is gonna this is gonna be the tallest test yet. Um, Friendswood's got a solid ace, Jacob Rogers. He's been dominant all season. He's got a .36 ERA. Uh, I-, I think I think it's gonna be a great series. Uh, you know, it it's interesting that College Station went with a three game series rather than maybe playing for one. Maybe, maybe they flipped for one. I, I don't really know. Um, you know, as-, as long as I can remember, College Station's never been a team that goes for a one game series. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe they like their odds facing a team right. like this in three games. Um, you know, I, I think back to when they went to the state semifinals in 2016, they played Alamo Heights and faced Forrest Whitley who got drafted in the middle of the game. You know, it, Alamo Heights loses that, that next game in the state championship to grapevine. It wasn't even close. You know, maybe they feel, Hey, we can get through, Maybe we drop one of these games, but uh, we can win two out of three. Um, and, you know, even if the Cougars are facing elimination, historically speaking, they they do well when they're backs against the wall. Um, you know, right. you, think, you think about the two, the two, the back-to-back wins over Anderson, uh, you look back, they, they do well when they're facing elimination in the playoffs. That's right. And I think you got to hand that to Coach Litton and the, and the, the coaching staff. And I know that, you know, Coach Litton is just on top of the moon right now because, you know, last year was his first year as the head coach and they got to play, what, nine games or whatever they got to play. So it was, it, it was a, an unremarkable start to his head coaching career at College Station. But I'm so happy for him and his staff that they were able to get in a full season this year and not only that, make it to the playoffs, but now make a, make a long run in the playoffs. And he's got a good ball club, but they've got to be extra good uh, this weekend. I'm just happy they're getting to play at UH and at, at, at uh, Bluebell Park again. That's going to be a, a you know, we, we know how fun it is to cover games out there. And it'll be fun for BCS ball to, to be out there. It'll be the first time we broadcast from Olsen Field. We've done Davis Diamond. Now we're going to do Olsen yeah. Field. That'll be fun. You yeah. You know, you think about it. This is what, the fourth round of the playoffs? Yeah. You know, when you're getting this far, it, it's probably a good thing to start playing at some of these bigger venues. Cause if you're going to make the state tournament, you don't want your first exposure playing in a big ballpark to be Dell diamond. I mean, that, that is a big right. park. There's a lot going on. Uh, you want your guys to have been around some of that bigger atmosphere. Maybe there's a few empty stands, 
You know, there's going to be a lot of people at the game, I'm sure, but those stands aren't going to be full. Um, right. So, you know, probably good to start getting some of that exposure if you have hopes and aspirations to keep this thing rolling uh, past this week. Um, exactly. What, one thing, exactly. One thing that I did want to note, um, this is College Station's third appearance in the regional semifinals, and the only other two times they've made it this far have ended with this trip to the state tournament. So uh, history's on the side of the Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll see if they can keep that, uh, that streak going. Indeed. And, and I think there'll be good, good fan attendance out there. I, I really will. College Station follows all their sports teams really, really well. And, and uh, I think when you have an opportunity to play an undefeated team and the number one ranked team in the state and, and, and a, a player like Friendswood uh, has, um, I think just the entertainment value of going out there and watching two baseball teams will bring a lot of fans out from both sides. For sure. Well, like we said, uh, College Station playing Friendswood Wednesday night at Houston's Schrader Park. Uh, Thursday at Olson Field. Saturday, if needed, at a location to be determined. Sounds like it's going to be maybe somewhere in the Cypress area. Uh, not too sure yet on that, though. Uh, College Station, they have graduation Friday night. So uh, Right. Yeah. People wondering why they're going Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. That's the reason, because they – they graduate on Friday night. Brian doesn't graduate till Saturday. So that's why softball is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, well, I guess we'll see if Brian and college station can uh, extend their season they're, they're, I'm sure there's nothing better for players than school's out and we're still playing ball. So yeah. uh, we'll see if they can make it into the summer. Tom, you got any final thoughts uh, before we go? I'm just looking forward to it. I think the, uh, I think, if the weather forecast is right, this rain that we're getting today is going to stop uh, by tomorrow and we should be dry. Might rain again in the weekend, but uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, West is not a, a long trip. Go up there to watch some uh, softball. Stop at, uh, stop at the, uh, the, the two restaurants there on I-35, get some good food. And, and uh, West is a nice ballpark. We were there for, uh, one of the the first of the Midway series, we was we were there when it when it moved there. So uh, Brian has played there, so that'll be good. And then really looking forward to uh, us covering games at UH and at A and M. For sure, bcsball.com. <laughs> yes, just yeah. you know, go there. I get in all the plugs I can. Eagle's hey, been around for a thousand years. Yeah. I've only been around for two. I need to get my name out. There you there. Go. And I'm guessing Rusty is going to be on the call down at Houston. Yes, he's doing he's doing the baseball and I'm doing the softball. All right. But you can you can hear them both on what was it? BCSball.com. <laughs> hey, we gotta plug Tom. I, I don't know if y'all have ever tuned into his broadcast, but he'll he'll plug the Eagle every now and then. All so the time. we're scratching his back oh, yeah. he scratches ours. Oh yeah. When I first met Abigail, I had her on the radio with me. I was trying to make her a radio star. I know. I that was I, it didn't work. That, no, I was trying to. <laughs> as much yeah. as I can do, I think. I, you know, I write for. That was one of the seven <laughs> games that we did last year. It was Consala. It was yeah. actually the, the the last baseball tournament. It was. It was the last game last before game. everything stopped in, in yeah. March of, of 2020. Mm -hmm. That's when it was. I know. So I got her on just in time. I know. He almost took me away from y'all, but um, I don't think it's <laughs> <on> the radio. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Brazos Sports Preps cast. Uh, 
hopefully we'll be back next week talking more diamond sports uh thanks for tuning in that'd be nice next time